Quidditch is life. And Snape is the worst professor. And Harry almost dies. Of course, that could describe almost anything in Harry Potter. So to help me clarify what chapter this is actually happening in, against her better judgment, is Christina from the Restricted section, back-to-back Harry Potter guest. Hi, and welcome to Belated Binge Harry Potter, the re-binge podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, your host, and I didn't read this series until my mid-20s. Today we continue Prisoner of Azkaban with Chapter 9, Grim Defeat. The one where Harry sees the Grim gets attacked by Dementors and falls off his broom 50 feet above the ground. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we start, spoilers, obviously. Language, definitely. Shout out to Katie, holding it down for the bonus binge squad. If you want to join the fun and get the shout outs and all the bonus content, check out patreon.com slash belated binge and become a member of the bonus binge squad. Now, let's get to the episode. Before we get into the chapter, welcome back. For some reason, wanting to come back and do this again, it's Christina. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm, I'm, I am very happy to be back. <laughs> I really like talking about Prisoner of Azkaban. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's fun. There's a lot. It, there's a lot of Easter eggy stuff. Yeah, and the last chapter ended on such a cliffhanger. How could I possibly just tap out then? I need to know <laughs> what happens after the portrait gets ripped. I don't know. We've not read these books before. <laughs> um, we did talk about your podcast on the last episode, but for the single person who is listening for the first time right now and didn't go back to any of the past episodes, <laughs> you just thought that you'd start rereading the Harry Potter series at chapter nine of the third book. That's the way and to go and do you. this. Like, please remind us what your podcasts are. I have a Harry Potter podcast called The Restricted Section, Harry Potter Slander Book Club Podcast. I also have my new podcast. It's called Burn Before Reading, and it's about the, the shitty writing you did in high school. The shitty writing we all did in high school, really. Nice. Uh, so now I wanted to put your two – I want you to force your babies into a play date, not literally, not like a literal date because that's – even in a loose metaphor is disgusting, but – which Harry Potter book belongs on Burn Before Reading? Oh, wow. Wow. That is so hard. Um, Possibly book five, because Harry's behavior is super cringy. And I'm trying to think, like, which book has the grossest adverb overuse you know the way that jk rowling will be like don't go down there hermione said warningly and it's like <laughs> hey man you didn't have to say warningly she's warning him we already know it's warningly because it's a warning i think book five might be like the worst offender about dumb little things like that and that's pretty 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 cringy too so possibly book five although my first instinct was book one but i'm I'm thinking that a lot of my feeling about that is from the movies because the kids are such bad actors in those first couple movies. It's <laughs> tough. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. That might be part. So Chamber of Secrets is the one that I struggle with the most because it's not only Me too. for the movies, they're not good at acting yet. And for the books, it's just a regurgitation of the first book, but without the nostalgia. 
Like, it, yeah, it's the same. It's basically the same notes. They even wind up in a secret room underneath the school to face the secret dark lord that nobody else knows is back. Like in some form or fashion, yeah. it's this. It's yeah. like the same. And um, Ugh. when I was a kid, when I was like a kid, and I'd only read these books like once or twice, um. I always got those two books mixed up because mm. in Sorcerer's Stone, they literally go through a series of secret chambers. So mm -hmm. I always was like, that's Chamber of Secrets, but it's not. Nope. Nope. That's the obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. What a fun fantasy obstacle course for Hogwarts gym class. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hooch didn't teach that one. In case you were obliviated or got your Hogwarts letter late, let's shove our faces in that white, liquidy substance of our oh. pensive. No matter how many times I hear you say that, it still makes me just be like, ugh. That is exactly what I'm going for. Snape was awful to Neville in Chapter 8, Flight of the Fat Lady, even more so than his usual level, but times two, because I said that exact same thing in the last episode, and it's still true. <laughs> This time, because he's learned that Neville turned him into a 97-year-old woman in Lupin's class. And Harry doesn't want to go to Hogsmeade, or doesn't get to go to Hogsmeade even though he wants to, and instead he gets to have tea with Lupin. There's a million Easter eggs, even though it's Halloween, and we've got our holidays just all mixed up. Lots of little baby divination moments, and nothing else really happens until the very last sentence of the chapter. That's when we learn that Sirius Black has gotten into Hogwarts and clawed up the portrait of the fat lady. And now, mm -hmm. priori, Incan chapter. Where our wands connect, not the tips, just the streams. So we can recap what went down in the chapter that we just read Chapter 9, Grim Defeat. In this chapter, Snape continues his run of worst teacher in history, and Harry falls from like 50 feet in the air during a Quidditch match after hearing the cries of his dying mother. It's a cheerful chapter. Yeah. <laughs> we open yeah. in the Great Hall where the teachers are searching for Sirius Black, and we're having a slumber party. I guess. It actually does sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> And I can't read this anymore without thinking about, um, I think pretty commonly known lore from the films is that during the sleepover scene when they were filming it, um, oh my god, what is the Dumbledore actor name? Gambon. I don't, it's Michael Gambon. I, I can never remember which is which. Michael Gambon put like a fart machine in Daniel Radcliffe's um, sleeping bag and was making them make <laughs> fart noises while they were filming. <laughs> Which is exactly so <laughs> what you think this kind of slumber party would be like. Just that level of maturity the so whole way. So many farts. The prefix. They would yeah. be so... Oh, sorry. I'm no, annoying. go. I'm annoying. No, say it. Well, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up later. You're doing the description. Uh, well, the prefects are on the lookout and Percy's in charge, which should definitely go well. I just want to point out that all the students in the school are in danger from an escape mass murderer so we put them all in the same giant room with the protection of other children <laughs> that's um, what we're doing I, definitely not a lot of skill going on in that room but i do think it's like a numbers thing it's like as long as harry's towards the middle 
<laughs> the, the, he's good. Well, it's like we didn't leave. We didn't leave one professor behind. Nope. Prefects are in charge. And prefects. It, I do feel like if if um Sirius Black had decided to like storm in, grab Harry, and run, like the children wouldn't stop him. No, <laughs> they're they not do? stopping him. And think about what Sirius Black was incarcerated for. Like an explosion spell that killed like a dozen people at one time. Mm-hmm. So just to make sure that none of the kids get hurt by Sirius Black coming after one of these children, let's make sure that all of the children are in the same small confined space that one explosion could just do them all in, all at once. And oh, their yeah. only protection is themselves because we didn't leave a single professor oh my god <laughs> well but dumbledore loves them so there should be love magic no there it is there it is i know <laughs> the the choices are interesting to say the least interesting yeah you definitely Ron... leave one teacher with the students yeah yeah you probably ought to do that and maybe one that has any level of competency with a wand at all. Leave Flitwick. Maybe Lupin. Lupin. Flitwick's very good. Lupin. Someone who is nice to children and and can he duel. Snape. He's really mean. And yeah, can yeah. duel. Yeah. Flitwick is an underused character in this series. Like he seems yeah. so cool. He seems really funny and fun. And we almost never get a word from him. And when we do, he's usually disciplining Harry and Ron. Which is funny because I think our first word that we get from him is like, doesn't he like squeak in ex in ins excitement when he calls sure Harry's does. name on like the roll call? Yep. He's, he's yep. just like, oh! <laughs> Harry Potter, oh! oh, in my class, oh my goodness. But also, he's like a total badass dueling master, which we don't learn. Yeah. And wasn't actually involved in dueling club at all when we had that in the last book either and he should have been you think maybe <laughs> i'm sorry if you're gonna give a professor Locker. that backstory maybe have him in the dueling club so maybe, dumb maybe don't make it snape and it's like um oh everyone knows about dumbledore's legendary duel with grindelwald but then i want to know who did flitwick duel how did he get this name as like a legend who did he kill <laughs> Well, that's the, I, here's the thing that I think that I think in my head canon or whatever is that this was like organized sport. This was like fencing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not like war. They should have a you different know? name for it then if you also duel people to the death. Yeah. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just. I don't know for whatever reason that's just what it feels like to me it feels like his is a very yeah, his is a formal title that he got by like an organized mm -hmm. thing as opposed to like an organization <laughs> yeah like it's a it's a it's a ribbon it's a plaque uh, on his wall from yeah. a tournament that he won not he lettered he led in a, dueling yeah yeah he, he's got the jacket <laughs> it's it's sewed on yeah <laughs> that weird felt material anyway <laughs> um my brother ryan lettered in academics i didn't even know that's something you could do but apparently if you get good enough grades you can letter in academics 
I feel like that's just like the participation trophy th- mentality going a bit haywire. It's like let the smart kids be sporty. <laughs> yeah. You can also letter in band and like a couple other things that are not sports. Yeah, I guess. I just don't I'm and I'm not against the inclusion aspect of it, but I also think it's okay for different types of students to have yeah, like, different just, things. Totally. You know? Just let this be about sports. Yeah, like let the sports be this thing and let the academics be this thing and let the band yeah. be this thing. Like they can have their own different things. You don't have to give the football player whatever the band thing is either. Totally. I think that's why it was like so funny when he brought that home. We were like, that shouldn't be possible. <laughs> yeah, like that's an odd that's an odd thing. I did I did not know that existed. <laughs> okay. Um Ron does point out that Sirius must have lost track of time being locked up and didn't realize that it was Halloween. Otherwise, he would have burst into the party, not try to get into the common room. Here's a question that I have. Do you think that's exactly why he tried to get in when he did? I think it is, because he knows that Hogwarts has this feast. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have a question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that he was slashing the portrait, like, because he was trying to like get through he's like i'm gonna slash a hole and like go through because why would he slash the hell out of the portrait lady i think that we it's supposed to be one i think a clue for him being a dog for starters because uh, it's like three is it i think like, three I, yeah, maybe. like a paw mm-hmm. yeah and i also think it's supposed to be I think it's supposed to represent that he has been locked up for so long and he is a bit maniacal at this moment. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what he's supposed to, like, that's what they're supposed to be afraid of or whatever. And I think he is a little bit unhinged, but he's also very organized in it. Like, but he had gotten this Uh close. He'd gotten this far and he couldn't get Uh, this thing. I almost wonder if it was more just like a frustration. Of like, yeah, damn it, but you didn't let me in because he he also knows he's not gonna hurt the. It's a, it's that's true. He knows it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't know it doesn't hurt. (laughs) I mean, I think, Um, but you would think it doesn't. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure it doesn't hurt because she's still here. She's hiding in another painting, but like she's still alive. Yeah, she's alive, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, I in. I'm fairly certain portraits can't feel pain, but I guess I don't know that for sure. But I do think, I think, I think one, he wouldn't want to get caught trying to get into the castle. I think he also wouldn't actually want to harm or scare any of the children. And he's there specifically to get Peter Pettigrew, not traumatized children. So he's probably been like sitting around counting down the days to a moment like Halloween when he yeah. knows that the kids are all going to be concentrated in another area of the castle and Scabbers like, will hopefully be in the dorm like on his own and he can get in then. Yeah. Yeah, be, and it's it's because they're just they're they're just assuming that he's after Harry that they're like mm-hmm. lucky that he d- had no idea where we'd be and like came to get you when you weren't there, but it's like if they had thought about it like, "Oh, he went to school here." Maybe he like 
actually did that really intentionally. Yeah, you would think. You would think. But and I, I do wonder <laughs> okay, if Dumbledore. Like he must be a dumb idiot. <laughs> yeah, that that's what Ron and Harry and them are thinking. But I do wonder if Dumbledore yeah. didn't take note of that. Because one thing that strikes me a yeah. little bit is how quickly Dumbledore is to believe and like take Sirius's side and actually want thinking... to free him later in this book. So he has to be starting to yeah. put some pieces in like in place in his mind or he wouldn't have just like yeah gone that quick i don't think i was thinking about this earlier i totally agree with you i think that like we cannot forget that dumbledore can read minds so yeah. i always assumed that that like harry's like he's telling the truth and dumbledore's like oh you're literally com being completely honest right now that's real but yeah. i also think that he probably suspected beforehand based on these clues like you said i think both things are true yeah i never thought of it honestly even writing the notes i didn't think of it until this moment i didn't really clock the dumbledore part of this but i also wonder a little bit if that's also not why he just left the kids with the kids because i i, I wonder if he's not starting to kind of think if he wanted the kids he wouldn't have gone at the portrait when nobody was there what is this really? Yeah. And so let me make sure the yeah. kids aren't wandering. The kids aren't going to get themselves like hurt <laughs> or in danger by Dementors and everything else that's trying to kill them in this castle while we try to mm -hmm. find him and find out. It, it it does make you, it makes you ponder a little bit. Yeah. Our trio is doing a lot of pondering and speculating about how he got into the castle and Hermione gets all pissy when she's the only one that's read Hogwarts of history. And how Classic. Hogwarts is... She never stops being pissy about that. <laughs> yep, not ever. And Hogwarts is totally <laughs> impenetrable, shooting down every idea for how he got in and ignoring the fact that he got in. <laughs> he just did, yeah. What if it was a vanishing cabinet, Hermione? This is the f version of Hermione that's still very, very annoying, particularly in these early books, where a history textbook holds every single answer, and there can't possibly be an outcome that wasn't accounted for <laughs> in 1822 well, when the book was written. Yeah, and we were talking in the last chapter about Hermione, you know, just kind of like being really like petulant yeah. <laughs> about like the things that she thinks she's right about. Yeah. <laughs> It takes real growth to be like, it actually doesn't matter if I'm right <laughs> yeah. in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They hadn't figured out plumbing yet, but they definitely had all the answers to stop dark wizards from entering a place they weren't <laughs> supposed to be. For sure. Definitely. Harry gets to overhear Dumbledore talking to Percy and do a lot of eavesdropping. And Dumbledore just may or may not have been speaking just loud enough to make sure that Harry could hear him. Maybe not. I don't know. Why do this in so private you think this when was Harry on can? Purpose? Yes. I don't... It's like why on earth? Yeah, I don't think that it wasn't on purpose. Like I don't. I'm not saying he was like planting Percy right next to Harry to talk to, but I definitely don't think that he was like trying to not be overheard, and he wasn't yeah, by Harry like on total accident. I guess he's not. Yeah, he's not saying anything crazy. He just probably like knows that Harry's awake because he can yeah. read minds, and he's like, "Yeah, we don't, we haven't found him." That's the update. Yeah, yeah, and we get that there's a new portrait, and 
talking to Snape, he, you know, Snape thinks that Lupin let him in and Dumbledore shuts it down real quick and all of that. We have to have these, yeah, these little mysteries to solve. Uh, And now he has to go tell the Dementors that they're done searching because he wouldn't let them in to look himself. Here's a question I have for you. How does that conversation go? How does that, how do they even communicate? Is this like how Dumbledore uh, just like knows how to speak Mermish or what or like how how uh, do you have to speak Dementor? You got to speak um, Demented, and Dumbledore's probably pretty Demented, yeah. I I wonder if they can like listen and hear, and so he like has the authority to give them orders, and they're like they understand the orders he gives, but like I don't imagine that they could speak back. Not when they are literally just an empty sucking vessel. Yeah. I think that makes sense too. I also, this was another theory that I had read that surprised me and I hadn't heard. And I I think I've brought it up somewhere else ever before. I don't know where it was or why, but the idea that a Dementor is actually somebody who has had, like received the Dementor's kiss. Oh, that's what you like turn into. Yeah, that's what you turn into, and then you're just it's like, like when you hang out. It's like when you hang out with the One Ring too long, you turn into Gollum. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm not a Lord of the Rings nerd. Um, Interesting. Is it yeah, though? I think that makes sense because <laughs> I think I think it. Oh, well, no, um, no, no. I just remembered. Um, oh, I don't remember if it's the beginning of book five or book six. I think it's actually the beginning of book six, where like. It's very misty in Britain, and everyone's like, what's this breeding. mist about? And, and someone says the Dementors are breeding, and that's what the mist is. Well, let's just, let's move past feeling like that mist is literal semen all over us, but uh, the... <laughs> no. But we don't know what that, that way. breeding process is. It could be... St- kissing people and sucking their souls out to create more Whoa. i wonder oh my god and they could be doing it to muggles i feel like there's i th- sorry to do this but i no, feel like it. there it there's this connotation to the word breeding that mm-hmm. implies like a you need like a sexual mm-hmm. act i think like procreate could be done by just like giving someone a dementor's kiss but maybe that's not even right. And I'm like so afraid to Google the semantics of the word breeding. <laughs> as <laughs> Don't that is a that pretty list. popular kink, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I that's that's interesting. I thought so. Because too. how I don't I don't actually <laughs> there's so many roads I will walk down for Harry Potter. I don't know if Dementor sex is one I want to keep walking down. <laughs> Well, all right, let's However not. they do it, good for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to know the anatomy um, things that are going on there. What I do need to know, what I do need to know is who the next portrait is. Sir Cadigan, oh. alas. Okay, Um, Jim Dale says... Jim Dale says, like... Oh, Sir Cadogan. Cadogan, yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
I maybe like, I've been Whoa. saying it wrong the whole time, or maybe. Well, I said I Cadigan. One of my one of my smartest friends, Brooke, says Cad. Cad- I can't do it. <laughs> you just you can't get I over can't the Dementor sex. I I know. I just literally can't say Cadigan like the way that there's Cadigan. Ah. That sounds so stupid, but I guess like Jim Dale with his accent makes it sound better. That's true. That's true. And you're right. I will, whatever, however you want to say it, it well, this is a safe place for Cadagaduggins. <laughs> and um, yeah, choose your own pronunciation. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it, it. It sounds hilarious to have this just clown be your um, way in and out of the, the portrait hole. Probably just infuriating but also hilarious, constantly changing the password, challenging them to duels all the time. Just, we we needed the levity, I think. And um, Professor McGonagall, I'd actually forgot that this happened. She actually pulls Harry aside to try to tell him that like Sirius is out to kill him, which he already knows. Um, and this mm-hmm. is her reasoning for not wanting him to practice Quidditch anymore. And it's <laughs> wild to me. He he's like, are you sure? And she's like, mm, mm. I do actually want you guys to win, so I'll 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 reconsider that. <laughs> yeah, this is a major internal struggle for good old Prof McGee. Her desire to protect a child, mixing with her borderline degenerate obsession with underage Quidditch that you know she's gambling on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Quidditch wins because Quidditch is life. Quidditch is live. She settles for hooch babysitting, which I imagine should actually be a spinoff show that has nothing to do with Harry Potter, but just a show called Let the Hooch <laughs> Babysit. I love that. Uh, and they, they're at their last practice, they find out that Malfoy's still faking his injury, and that got Slytherin out of their game to put Hufflepuff in place. And this is... I mean, which is crazy. It's wild. That's so crazy because in book six, Harry Potter got knocked unconscious in the middle of a game and they finished the game anyway. Like, fuck you and your seeker. But Slytherin gets to like completely rewrite the schedule. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. And it's whatever. They're just pansy asses that don't want to play in the cold. But really, what we're doing is we're getting introduced to Cedric Diggory. And through oh, yeah. giggling. A lot of I was giggling. gonna say Cho Chang, but I always forget that Cho is in Ravenclaw. Yeah, yep. Nope. This is the Cedric Diggory. This is this is the the gaggle of girls giggling. Cedric, D- yeah. Katie and Alicia and mm-hmm. uh, Angelina are like, oh, I mean, the tall hot one. Yeah. Like, Good for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love yep. giggling girls. <laughs> I mean, the their brooms are wet from the rain. And <laughs> and we get more pregame stuff because again, say it with me, kids. Quidditch is life. Quidditch is live. Quidditch is live. And it makes Harry late for defense against the dark arts because of wood. Pause for that joke to land. And Snape is subbing, so they lose points immediately. And more for Harry being nosy instead of sitting down. And this is, this is where Harry starts thinking again that Snape poisoned Lupin, and that's why Lupin's too sick to come to class and all of this. Yeah, I mean, 
the evidence is strong. I mean, it's funny <laughs> because we have this like Snape is always a red herring all the time. Harry always suspects Snape. And Snape mm -hmm. is always doing shitty things that justify Harry suspecting him of doing the shitty things. Yeah. It, but it is a bit exhausting, mostly because I hate Snape so much. And he's a dick to Hermione as usual because he only wants to shit on Lupin in front of the kids. He doesn't want them to actually learn anything. Um, and he wants to make sure that she has all of her just studious dreams just crushed into her soul That's because the thing. he hates like, her how do how do you not just and it's because he's a nazi <laughs> but like how do you not just like respect her her like how much she puts herself through in the name of academia as a teacher how do you not respect that it's because he's a nazi but i still it drives me crazy if she wasn't friends with harry potter she wouldn't be treated this way yeah, that's true, and that's insane, and you should fire a teacher who acts like yeah. this. I said this to I said this to Radio Mike in the last episode, and I'm in, or not the last episode, the la the pre the one the last that guest. he was on. Yes, the yeah. last guest I had before you. It's the the chapters are blurring together for me, but <laughs> the um, I think that the fandom takes a lot of liberties to drag down Dumbledore and his decision making throughout this whole mm -hmm. series and some of it is merited some of it they just don't they just want to hate Dumbledore and all of that and do you boo-boo but in my opinion the fact that Snape is continuously employed as a professor at this school is actually the biggest black mark on Dumbledore's resume oh god yeah yeah I, I would actually totally agree with that statement like I think it's uh that and plus the other big thing for me is continuing to send Harry back to the Dursleys who are just like really upfront about being super abusive. I can still, I can still like caveat that annoyance for me because of the don't say blood. love magic. Well, it, it don't he, say love magic. <laughs> well, I have to, because he placed that charm on the Dursleys house himself. But what you can do is, first of all, how long does he need to be there for the love magic to work? Because well, could that's... he be there for one night or does he have to be there for like two weeks? And if he can be there for two weeks, Dumbledore, why don't you take your ass down to fucking number four private drive and say, I know you treat this kid like shit and you literally have to stop. I'm the most powerful wizard in the world and I'll fucking kill you. If you keep abusing this kid, he waits until book six to be like, you've been treating him very badly this whole time, and I've been watching. That part I could Sorry, apparently not. Apparently that's a trigger for me. Uh, well, that is the part that I couldn't agree more with. Um, I think the sending him back is a necessity for that charm to stay. And him, him recognizing that place as a home is an inherent piece the, of the magic. So tell the Dursleys that Ron has to go with him. Yeah, I it's there's the, like a, so many ways to do it better. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So for me it's not the sending him back, it's the not intervening in what is happening there. Yeah. That is yeah, the part yeah, that totally. I start that is a problem for me. Uh particularly oh, by this oh, point. It's a problem. Because like I said, 
I have this Dumbledore like theory that is like working itself out and the in this book he's trying to give him family that's why Lupin's there he's just now starting to take an interest in Harry's happiness as a person at this point up until yeah, this point it's true I believe that Dumbledore has seen Harry as no more than a chess piece that he has to make sure stays alive in order mm-hmm. to fulfill the prophecy to kill Voldemort that is it mm-hmm. that is all Harry has been until the end of book two when he has the moment in the office where he showed Dumbledore the type of loyalty that would send Fox and that mm-hmm. in in that like basically broke Dumbledore down from being able to keep himself separated because I don't think that Dumbledore was doing it just because like I hate kids I hate this kid I don't care about this kid but I think he purposefully had to try to disassociate himself like this kid is yeah. very important for a specific prophecy reason and I can't let myself get attached to him because yeah like, that's going to make it way harder to do what I have to do but he couldn't <sighs> eventually he couldn't help it and by this point he should have gone to the Dursleys like at the end of this book when the next time he has to go back or at the end of the second book like at that is the latest point in which he should have been on the Dursleys doorstep and being like if you keep abusing this child I will cut your heads off very slowly, very painfully, you will be nearly headless Dursleys. <laughs> yeah, I think that the one thing everyone can agree on is that Dumbledore, throughout this series, what has been put in a very tough position. Whether or not it you really agree is. with how he mm-hmm. handled it, it's tough. It's really tough. He's it's, in a pickle. <laughs> it's very, very difficult. Uh, alas, though, it's, it's funny. That was another thing Radio Mike said. He's like, actually... He kind of took that upon himself. His number one job is to be the headmaster of this mm-hmm. school, not kill Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, but I, I mean, guess it's he like was great the power one. comes great responsibility because he just is like so powerful. Very true. And he was the one that the prophecy was made to. So like mm-hmm. he's oh, got yeah. skin in this That's game, true. whether he wants it or not. Um, anyways, yeah. uh, he assigns werewolves. Snape, back to the chapter, Snape dis- assigns werewolves in the class. We know why he's doing it. But, like, what's the end game here? What do you think that, like, why? We, like, we know. He's trying to, he's trying to out Lupin. We know that he's trying to out Lupin, but how does he actually think this is going to go? He's banking on Hermione Granger figuring it out and <laughs> raising the alarm. <laughs> I think he's trying to get Lupin fired. I think he doesn't want to look at his face. Yeah. That's true, and I think it's really funny that you said um, that he's really banking on Hermione to figure it out because I want to read to you the third bullet on my list of questions to ask you on this topic. Do you oh. think he's really banking on Hermione to figure it out? <laughs> hmm, um, I'll say yes. <laughs> as much as he hates her, it is impossible to believe that he's not doing this with her specifically in this classroom yeah. deliberately. <laughs> yeah, totally. Especially because she has now a proven history of like meddling and being nosy <laughs> and figuring stuff out. After the basilisk last year, she figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yes, I do think he's completely banking on her. <laughs> yep. And he continues. He respects her. She's smart. He just she's... is such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's infuriating 
Uh, he continues to shit all over Lupin, which is also infuriating. He continues to take points away for Hermione answering his questions correctly because he hates her. Oh, my God. And Ron oh defends God. her immediately. Let me say that again. Ron mm -hmm. defends her immediately. Mm -hmm. Just just in case the producers might be listening of the movies, Ron defends <laughs> her immediately. Yeah. I think it's too yes. late for them to change that uh, in the movies. <laughs> I don't know if there's still time. Uh, Book Ron's actually a good character. He doesn't care about yeah, taking it attention to tell Snape sure off. Is. Yes, he would actually love to. If there's one thing about a Weasley, it's that they'll fucking fight for you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. They're already in a fight, and now it, it can be about you. The thing about the Weasleys is that they're already in a fight right now. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. But the Rupert Grint makes some really funny faces, so I'm glad we at least got that. Here's the mm -hmm. piece of this um, this homework assignment that Snape gives them that I, I just wanted to illuminate. How to recognize and kill a werewolf. Ooh, yeah, that's damning. And that's not an accident either. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Snape. I want you to write me an essay on how you kill your professor that I hate. Yeah, especially because, like, whatever Lupin and Snape's history is, and I'm sure Lupin was extremely permissive of, of a lot of James and Snape's behavior, uh, of James and Sirius's behavior. We see that in the pensive, but, like, you know that since coming to work in this position, you know Lupin has been nothing but polite to him. You know oh, what I sure. mean? Like, obviously, he's an adult now. And so, yeah. like, harboring this resentment is just, like, it just really shows how Snape has still not grown up at all. He's, like, still holding on to his high school love, his high school nemesis. Like, he cannot let go. He peaked in high school, and that's very depressing because he was not good in high school. No, and that's a, another... I. I actually like would love to see an unbiased Marauders story because yeah we don't see anything from the Marauders that is not biased. Yeah, the fandom, it's really hard to know what actually happened. Yeah, the the fandom is so accepting of the fact that James was an absolute bully and yeah. treat just or, like was a horrible or person they, like, or whatever. Or they like imagine that he wasn't, you know. I literally have never seen that one. Not once. I've seen nothing but James is the biggest bully piece of shit on earth. Snape was a victim and bullied. And the one thing that we, the only thing that we get is James hated Snape because Snape was obsessed with the dark arts and the, and James hated the dark arts so bad. And yeah. while James did go after Snape at every chance he got, Snape also took every liberty to go after and curse James every chance that he yeah. got. Like it was mutual. Yes, and we don't ever actually at least I don't see it on the internet that I, you know, peruse. I never see an unbiased, like mutual these two people legitimately just hated each other. You only see it through Who's the victim? Yeah. James attacked yeah. like James was the biggest 
piece of crap ever. And that I, I don't know why, but I always feel the need to point that out because the only true representation that we actually see in the books is through Snape's perspective mm-hmm. that we know he yeah. can't be like unbiased and fair about. He's not unbiased and fair about anything as an adult. Yeah. And then like Harry goes to Lupin and is like, can you confirm or deny this? And Lupin's like, I definitely don't deny it, but like everyone grows up, you know, like that's not like and there's the whole context person. here. Yeah. That's not like the whole, yeah, there's context. Yeah. That's not the whole story. Was it bad? Yeah. But like, we were all shitty in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I can't keep taking us on these side tangents. Uh, speaking of it. shitty. Peeves wakes up Harry in the middle of the night. <laughs> Is this a thing that just happens a lot? <laughs> I love that Peeves came up in this chapter and the last chapter. I love Peeves. If nothing else, he's extremely fun to talk about. I have no idea. I think he does just like fuck with he. It's like he's on like jackass and like no one else is playing. You know what I mean? Like he's just trying to fuck shit up at all times. It blows my mind a little bit because I've heard somewhere recently that like Peeves has some sort of. It seems like Peeves has some sort of like unspoken agreement with the professors not to disrupt class oh yeah that's true (laughs) but waking kids up in the middle of the night totally fair game i guess fair game it it feels like disrupt class at all yeah it feels like that's a line that shouldn't be crossed even if you're a spirit of some sort i don't know um but it's happening and it's happening specifically so that we can get reminded again of crookshanks that's why. Oh, yes, sure, because mm-hmm. he's trying to sneak into the dorm. Uh-huh, yep. Uh, and Cats are like this. Yeah, and, and and reminding us who Cedric is, you know, which... Sure. Yeah, we're just setting that up for next book. We, we've... Is th- he in the breakfast hall? No, it was, like, Harry um, reminiscing, I guess, on... Like Wood Wood had pointed out Cedric and who he was going to be going up against as seeker in the match. And he's actually, he's actually like big and that's actually going to be like really helpful in these conditions. Oh yeah. Like I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at my notes from the restricted section about this chapter. And I was like, Mm -hmm. where's Cedric? Okay. So that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's why it's, it's kind of thrown away, but it's literally just here because we're setting up Cedric to be a thing for the next book. Yeah, totally. And here's the thing that I don't think was set up correctly and why I'm harping on it from this chapter, because otherwise it's not important. It's He says that Cedric is a fifth year, making uh-huh. him a sixth year in Goblet of Fire. But you have to be uh-huh. of age to enter the Triwizard Tournament. Oh my god, he got held back a grade! Is, that's what, I mean, he's, he's an of-age wizard and he's only in his sixth year of, like... That my math isn't mathing on that. Am I crazy? Um, like the my only explanation is like <clears throat> I think Hermione's birthday is like the first day of term or something. It's like September third or something. So I think in her six years she would have turned seventeen right away. Um, so I literally think that like he either it's he, I I what I think is that it's a gross oversight. But but it could be explained if his birthday is in September, and I'm going to Google it. Cedric Diggory's birthday. The internet knows everything like this. 
definitely and it must be true if it's there um it says it it, it says september october but i'm sure that it has been retroactively engineered from the information we're talking about right now probably you know what else yeah. we're getting right now what? we're getting so much talk about the weather so oh much my God. weather talk. i know Gearing i know it's like i this. don't care how much it's raining or whatever it's it's just it's gearing it up for the Quidditch match. It's it's so much. And shout out to it's Wood. How... That let me. I'm, <laughs> did you did you have the same immature note that I had when Wood was supposed to be giving his speech, but he got lockjaw. No. So that is how it was described in this chapter. He couldn't give his pregame speech. It was as if he got lockjaw. So shout out to Wood for getting lockjaw. And yes, I am that immature. Uh, Harry like <laughs> flies around in the rain for a little while. We get a timeout, which is apparently a thing in Quidditch only right now. Um, Harry doesn't sure, even know the sure. score because he's only attentive when the plot needs him to be. And Hermione shows mm -hmm. up in the huddle, which is apparently a thing that happens. And let me tell you, how often that happens in real sports that a fan just gets to leave their seat run in the on stadium, run onto the field into the that that happens when somebody's trying to go streaking <laughs> and they get tackled that's es when that happens especially like she's like a very bookish nerd it's like what are you doing out here yeah and and it's also it's so funny with the way that we are also <laughs> like described the quidditch pitch and how the stands are like elevated and like how there's not really a feasible way for her to have just like walked onto the pitch from here she would have had to have been premeditatively gone down however many flights of stairs got to the bottom right out, and just known that a timeout was coming <laughs> to be right here led onto the field where she wouldn't be allowed yeah. to be into the huddle that she, she wouldn't be allowed to go into <laughs> She probably was waiting. She probably was like, fuck, I have this really good idea. If they have a timeout, I need to be right there. I think she probably was waiting. But it is crazy that they're like, yeah, Hermione. I guess they all just trust Hermione. They're like, she probably has sure. a good idea. She doesn't care about sports. Let her on. <laughs> and Hooch is fine with it. Everything is everything's cool. It's, it's Everyone's fine with it. Mm -hmm, sure. Um, and Hufflepuff is the nice, friendly house. So they're just like, yes, totally fine. Go cheat. It's good. Uh, be, but <laughs> she does manage to give him a Rainex spell on his glasses, so that's good. He can now see the black dog in the stands, because that's what we have to get to. Uh, we got to get yes. to the black dog in the top of the stands being such a distraction and then disappearing immediately because it has to be ominous like a grim. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it distracts him long enough for Cedric to see the snitch first, and it's going to be like, oh, here we go. We're going to have our heroic moment where harry's able to get to the snitch first even though he didn't have a head start and all of that except the dementors <laughs> attack him and make him relive yeah. the death of his mother <laughs> it's and almost like the dementors and dumbledore aren't communicating very well gee, yeah that's that's quite a thought isn't it <laughs> And so as oh, he's living the death of his mother, he almost falls to his own. Oh my God. And this is the first case that we have of Harry, or not is, this is a continuation of 
Harry remembering shit from the night that his parents were killed. And I just have to ask, yeah. is this magic? He was a year um, old when it happened. Like, wow. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if the stuff that you're too young to really remember. I think it does. I think it's inside of you. That's how tra what trauma is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just so don't maybe know. it's real, and the Dementor's mm -hmm. power is that they can pull it out. You know, that's interesting. That's interesting. It's actually a, an interesting parallel as well that I hadn't thought of until right in this moment. And this is another bonus episode that I'm going to do at some point in time. Uh, but you probably <laughs> know without having watched the show that I have a binge of Sons of Anarchy going. And one of the things that happens in that show, spoiler, 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 is that the main protagonist's um, child as an infant is kidnapped. And I've okay. like had conversations about that show about whether the kid remembers that at all. Like if that's locked yeah. away in there somewhere, he's like a year old. He he can't like form that as a memory, but as a traumatic yeah, moment. A trauma. Like is it there is it somehow there somewhere affecting him, even though he doesn't have any way of actually knowing it? Or Yeah. I, I also wonder, bring it back to Harry Potter, is this potentially one, we know that like wizard people magic people like live longer than normal uh -huh. not magic people do perhaps their memories are more like i form more regularly or it's like could this somehow be like the sacrificial nature and so it held on or and this is the one that kind of took me aback a little bit when i thought of it and why i'm fumbling my way to it Mm -hmm. Is it possible that he's actually reliving this moment more like um uh more like accurately and more um almost personally yeah be yeah because of the piece of Voldemort's soul that's inside him oh soul my God. that is more than old enough at that time to form memories <laughs> whoa and it's crazy because like that like his mom dying was also like a very real like physical slash magical trauma to him because he did get horcrux right in the face yep. at that time so it's like oh this is uh, that's very interesting i do think that like we see other ways that the, this little piece of voldemort gives harry these extra powers like parcel tongue and like his like tele it's not telekinesis telepathy type of like well, that's his, not what it his, is either his espn <laughs> his ESPN. espn yeah 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 and so like i wouldn't be surprised if it also yeah like held on to this information that harry's waking mind like didn't and it's also funny well funny or interesting that this would have been a traumatic moment for that shard of soul as well and if that shard of Whoa. soul was forced to relive <laughs> its trauma by a Dementor, it would be this Whoa. moment when it got ripped. Whoa! Whoa! And... Whoa. What's happening? Oh my god! It's really annoying how much time I've invested into my Harry Potter podcast and there's still stuff that I've never thought about before. <laughs> well, how is it still fun to talk about <laughs> i know i don't understand it it doesn't make sense uh and also 
I don't think there's an original thought to be had left in this series. So somebody has thought of this at some point in time. Just I'm not sure us. that's true, but it makes perfect sense. Like that's really solid. Anyway, uh, Harry wakes up with a crowd of people around his bed in the hospital wing. Um, his friends. <laughs> oh, Harry. <laughs> It's really funny. This just happened in Half Blood Prince, where he was playing Quidditch, and then suddenly he woke up in the <laughs> hospital wing, and it's like, "Oh, you poor sweetie." Thanks, McClagan. He's the worst. <laughs> uh, he is. I love. I love watching him, but it's a nightmare. Yeah. Um. His his friends and his teammates are there for him. Good for them. Uh. They were, they were scared that he was dead. Um. And the first thing that he asks is who won the game and the only one that didn't show up is wood who's still in the showers because quidditch is life <laughs> who cares if harry lost his quidditch is life we lost the game anyway yeah wood's a dick r.i.p wood <laughs> hermione lets him know that dumbledore saved him from dying um by slowing his fall and then <laughs> And then made the Dementors go away by some kind of white substance or something. It's a Patronus. We just don't, we're not allowed to know that's a thing yet. We don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, when I was a kid, when Dumbledore in the movie is like, Arresto momentum. And my dad likes to be pretentious about other people's intelligence. And so he's. It's obviously like extremely transparent Latin, like it's not hard at all. And so my dad would stand in front of the movie, the t in front of the TV, and be like, "Stop uh, the fall." <laughs> and when I was like, you know, fourteen, that was extremely funny. It's still funny now. It's a it's little a funny. Dads are funny in their own way. You know what I mean? Yeah, we hope to be, anyways. I hope that my kid <laughs> one day is, you know, uh, hopefully reaches higher than a harry potter podcast to reflect <laughs> on it but reflects on moments that we have and gets to remember them fondly um your kids podcast is going to be called life as the daughter of a guy with a harry potter podcast <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to be rereading the harry potter books that she hasn't read since she was a toddler because that's when dad read them to her uh, and right. she hated every second of but now she loves it oh. because because it reminds her of her dad who i don't know got forked in the eyeball at some thing i don't know uh, i'm trying to think of a oh weird God. way to go out because i don't want to predict my own actual demise and i hope that i'm 110 i think you can live without the eyeball i think if your eyeball gets forked you can survive that it's true it's tough to live um after getting forked to the back of the head though another sons of anarchy reference there uh you really should uh... watch the show um it's <laughs> It's worth it. Maybe someday. <laughs> it's uh it's Hamlet on motorcycles. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. It's legit. Right. It's, well that changes everything. <laughs> it's it is legit a soap opera told like with leather on. And that's very funny. And sometimes the leather is bikers and sometimes the leather is a whole other thing. Um Ooh. Harry offhandedly asks for his broom and learns that it got crushed by the Whomping Willow. Oh, <laughs> he just went through so hard. depression in physical form. He almost died from falling like 50 feet out of the sky. And now his broom is broken. Mm -hmm. And that's the worst news he's gotten. Quidditch's life. Harry might as well be dead. Yeah. 
he's really i i get it i get it it's hard it's like when your car is totaled it's like damn i really vibed with the one i had though yeah i i imagine that's a more normal you know thought process for people to have i think of it like i grew up um as as an athlete so like i get the quidditch life thing even though quidditch Mm -hmm. as a sport is stupid i do get it uh i grew up also like riding dirt bikes and so to me that's Mm -hmm. what i equate the broomstick to is like yeah that would be me on my dirt bike so like i get it in my motorcycle now like if it took a shit uh yeah i'd I'd be down um be sad but luckily harry you are rich so you financially this is fine for you you can get another broomstick and ironically he doesn't have to buy his own but we're not there yet uh is there anything from the chapter we missed that you wanted to hit on um i don't think so let me scroll through my notes which i took three years ago (laughs) for my own (laughs) podcast that's Um, really funny though that you're able to do that like reference your own notes from your own show (laughs) when you go i've never been able to do that because every podcast that i've ever guested on i'm going forward in the series oh yeah that's true that is really funny i'm the one that's like Um, farthest behind of all of the people that i've collaborated (laughs) with so like they have you all get to like all the notes yeah bring your thoughts i have to like and last summer i took notes for books five six and seven so that i wouldn't have to yeah i I had a job where i did a lot of sitting it was like a brewery that did not get a lot of attention Mm. and so i just yeah i did all of them so i've had those for a while wow Um, i'm not that organized and ahead of time it's just it's like if you have a time opportunity and you know you need to get something done i just take Mm -hmm. it you know what i mean I get it. Um, I can actually relate a little bit, and this is almost like a sneak peek for the listeners of the podcast. All tens of you, listen up. Um, <laughs> so I actually just, it was either last night or the night before, uh, finished up my notes from the next new binge that will take place that I have not Ooh. announced yet. And I oh actually, like, fi- I, I did. I treated that one as if, like, uh, I, I took the opportunity, like you said, and I actually wrote my notes for the whole like first season of the thing. Nice. I obviously That's awesome. recorded all of that, but like all of those notes are taken, which I've never been that Hell far yeah. ahead on any of this stuff. I was taking these notes Feels good. like last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's Anyways, awesome. That's so exciting. I imagine you have something in these notes that you... Hmm? Uh, I imagine you had something in the notes that I interrupted you from saying. Oh, um, no, not really. I just think it, I, I know we already talked about this, but I do think it is funny that Madam Hooch is on staff for like, <clears throat> like 20 hours a year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's odd. Like they, she's, she must be the wizarding world equivalent of the phys ed teacher. <laughs> and yeah, there must be, like okay so we have our flying lesson one time in the first book in order to learn that harry is a good natural flyer Uh uh-huh but the rest of the student body didn't just get that one time right like that's just the only time that we 
took note of what was happening in that class. Like that had to yeah. have continued in some form or fashion because otherwise what's the point of it doing it It literally had to have. Yeah. 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 You have to teach them how to do a thing. Yeah. It's, it's it takes kind of, more than one. I think of it kind of like Professor Binz's class or like Professor Sprout's class where like we're only in them literally once or twice in like the entire series. Yeah. Like you know they're happening they're in the background. There. Yeah. So like mm -hmm. she must have some sort of wizard phys ed flying and maybe some other kind of are, are magic carpets a thing like i don't know is this where they oh, learn how to they play talk about it in book four but i forget yeah is this the um is this where they learn how to play like gobstones and stuff like that and then there's those tournaments that we learn are a thing but we don't actually <laughs> know anybody that does them because harry isn't that <laughs> he doesn't do that quidditch only yeah quidditch is life I don't know. It's it's weird. It's got to be a thing. But Ron would be that uh, professor in the weird little spinoff of workplace comedy where yeah. they're all teachers. Uh, I'm going to speak it. that into existence. That's going to have to be a thing. <laughs> At least somebody make the like uh, fan-funded and um, created yeah, fan stuff. version of that. Do that. That would be fun. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, let's do some house points on this chapter before we go. In true Hogwarts fashion, these points are completely subjective with no oversight and fully at our discretion. This week, <laughs> I'm giving house points to Ron, 10 of them, for standing up to Snape for Hermione. I'm giving Hermione, Ron, and the rest of the team, except for Wood, uh, five points for being at Harry's side by when he woke up. And I'm giving Dumbledore 10 for saving Harry's life. Solid. Give any points to anybody? Yes. Controversial. I'm gonna give Percy points because oh. he the school the school needed a head boy and he was that head boy. He was definitely <laughs> he he's definitely a boy with left, a giant. As we head. mentioned, as they mentioned, as we mentioned, they left the whole school in his hands, basically, in this other girl that we don't know who it is, maybe Penelope Clearwater. And he handles it, and he, it's fine and good. So good for Percy, babysitting. Yeah, you know it's got to be her. All, and you know that that means that they weren't doing their jobs. They were fondling somewhere. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take some points away from Snape. 25 for being a bully and a shit-ass teacher to the 100th degree again. I'm going to take five for Draco for yeah. wussing out of Quidditch, and I'm going to take five from Wood for not coming with the team to make sure that Harry was okay. Would you like to take any points yeah. from anybody? Yeah. Oliver Wood is not doing his best in this chapter for no. sure. <laughs> no. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take point ten points from Snape for trying to lead his students down a path to murdering another teacher of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a That's not nice. Specifically recognize and kill Zish. yeah uh, yeah coming okay. on strong yeah. <laughs> before we go expecto plot change let's rewrite harry potter one small change at a time this expecto plot change question is what if harry didn't see the black dog in the stands during the quidditch match what do you think hmm. Um, I actually think that he still, I mean, the Dementors still would have come. So I think he still would have fainted. Interesting. 
Interesting. I guess he just wouldn't be like, I'm someone's trying to kill me. <laughs> like I'm di- I'm gonna die. That's a grim. <laughs> so I'm actually on the other side of this one. Okay. Um Lupin later in the book suggests that the reason that the Dementors couldn't stay away from the Quidditch match was because there were so many people with so much excitement and they've been hungry and not being able to feed off of the children because Dumbledore won't let them on the grounds. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's it at all. I think that they were there because that's where Sirius Black was. Oh. And so if Harry doesn't see the black dog, Sirius Black, and that black dog isn't there... The Dementors don't come. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. It's just Quidditch. And (laughs) Harry... It would have been a lamer chapter. (laughs) It would have been a much lamer chapter, but (laughs) Harry wouldn't have been distracted from noticing the snitch. He probably would have caught it because Harry catches every snitch that he's conscious for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a much, much different chapter. And who knows... If Lupin agrees to the lessons for the Patronus, if there's not that very public display of these fuckers are after me. It's kind of a lot. Wow. Yeah. Kind of a lot. Yeah. And I guess like Sirius is, I don't, I don't know. He's, he has been like lurking about the grounds though, but he was also in the castle, obviously at the end of the last chapter. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if he was like, yeah, I'll risk it. I'll go out to the Quidditch pitch. And then the Dementors came and he was like, okay, bad idea, bad idea. I'll stay closer, like in Hogwarts where they know they can't come. Cause that's like the school. Could be could That could be how he's yeah. staying like off the radar, but he also like, it also makes me wonder because the way he's able to get out of Azkaban is because he transforms into a dog and they don't mm-hmm. notice him like mm-hmm. out of there. That's also how he's yeah. able to like keep his part of the reason he was able to keep his sanity because he could transform into a dog and they didn't affect him as much. And so yeah, it makes me wonder, did he also transform into his human form at some point in time? And he wasn't a dog the whole time to attract them there in oh, the first place. And it triggered them. Yeah. Interesting. And why would he do that? So I don't know. Maybe my theory thought breaks. Maybe he can't stay yeah. a dog all the time. Or he... Maybe you literally can't, like, if he, like, literally as an animagus, you can't stay a dog for, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, or maybe you get stuck. <laughs> something, or, you, like, there's a, I don't want to say I a timer or something. I think that happens in Animorphs. Does it? I think that happens in Animorphs, is, like, hmm. one of the Animorphs gets stuck. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And everybody's yeah. screaming Nagini, and I'm screening retcon. Uh, okay, so <laughs> how did we do? Uh, let us know. I will pose this question on social media as well, at Belated Binge, on all the things. You can leave a voicemail, belatedbinge.com. There's Patreon, all the stuff. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Christina, thank you for putting yourself through this again. I don't know why. Oh my god, thank you so much for having me. It's fun. (laughs) These books are fun. It's like such a throwback. And um, I think that these chapters are where this book starts kind of like getting going a little bit. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I'm the second act. I'm really looking forward to getting to the Marauder stuff later on, honestly. But they're going to get more like more fun and more fun to get there, um, I think. Yeah. So I'm... 
I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to that. It's sort of the turning... A lot of people point at Goblet of Fire as, like... And if you subscribe to, like, the Ring Theory frame narrative thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, where, like, Goblet of Fire is, like, the turning point of the series and that's kind of the thing yeah. that everything revolves around and where all the mirroring of different books and stuff... And that, that stuff is very interesting to me. Um, but I would argue that it's actually somewhere in this book that things start mm-hmm. to to shift, you know? Mm-hmm. It may not be the full-on turning point the Goblet of Fire is because, you know, Voldemort is back, and it's literally now the second half of the series. He's a human, and we got to fight him type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's in this book somewhere where things start to... Things will... And maybe I'm misremembering, and I'm just looking back fondly with my own retconning here, but I'm... Yeah. I, I feel like it's somewhere in this book that stuff stops being so juvenile, I guess you could say, that like the first couple of books are and how this book starts. Things really start to roll towards that like darker, more, really more of the adult in the young adult part of the series. Yeah, totally. We finally get adult characters that like are behold like the care give you know what I mean like that are mm-hmm. none of the teachers want to talk to Harry but they're finally we have some adults that like want to talk to Harry basically yeah yeah and it's weird to me because um I have found myself struggling a little bit with the connective tissue between the types of series that I'm doing in addition to Harry Potter on this podcast. And it's like, oh, I've got this book series for kids. And then I've got, like, The Sons of Anarchy and the, like, show not to be named yet um, that are that are <laughs> going to be in similar veins. And it's very, like, this is kind of, it's kind of uh, dark undertone, under underworld type of, like, thematic mm-hmm. stuff in them. And it's like, how mm-hmm. does that relate to Harry Potter? And it's like, well, at a certain point, Harry Potter becomes very, very dark very very underworld yeah. very very those like uh undertones i just haven't gotten to them yet in mm-hmm. the book yeah. series for all of them to kind of start to really feel like they belong in the same topical universe so i'm actually hopeful uh-huh. that it's going to happen in this book and then all of my content is going to start to sort of like feel like they belong in the same place in a way that they haven't up until this point that's my hope yeah yeah anyways um plug all of the stuff and the things in the in the podcasts and the in the book and the and the literally anything just do the whole thing (laughs) thank you so much please listen to my harry potter podcast the restricted section check out my new podcast burn before reading where we're roasting cringy writing and a pre-order my book indie book publishing from start to finish it's like a, a intro beginner's guide to the world of indie publishing and that comes out january 9th so you can pre-order it now and there will be links to all the things that i can find links to <laughs> and if christina sends me a pre-order link it will be in the show notes too so all of the Yay. links of all the stuffs in the show notes including my website and all of my stuff that you're familiar with already um consider patreon uh, if you would like to be a part of the bonus binge squad and get some bonus content and all of the other perks that go with that. Thank you, as always, for listening and telling all of your Potterhead friends that their new favorite podcast should be Bladed Binge Harry Potter.